Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello, joined alongside Michael Nislick. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Beautiful donuts, all based in Birmingham, so check out your local Birmingham coffee shops, and make sure to go to WeHaveDonuts.com for more information on how you can get your hands on these uh, specialized donuts that are also now available at Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Auburn and Montgomery and at pop-up locations around the state. So go to WeHaveDonuts.com for more information on these beautiful, delicious, gourmet donuts. Uh, Michael, Auburn uh, basketball is all we can really think about right now, and then, as we should, Auburn's in the midst of a SEC championship run. Um, one in which they've they've been on top since the beginning of the seasons, since the SEC season started January second. Um, but Auburn now um, still maintains a, a two game edge. They had an opportunity to go up three games, but they lost to South Carolina. And of course, in that game, uh, Auburn got down twenty six points. But the big news in that one. And one that will affect Auburn long term and whether or not they win an SEC title possibly was Anthony McLemore. Auburn's uh, only really size threat inside, especially on defense with the amount of blocks he had leading the SEC. He goes down with a just horrific ankle injury in the first half. Uh, Auburn somehow uh, managed to fight back, get within five in that game in the second half, but the story was when all the dust settled and Auburn was still up two games at the end of the day instead of only being up one, um, was Anthony McLemore being down. What is Auburn going to do here with four games left, a two-game lead, as they try to hold off Tennessee and another pack of teams right below them uh, for the SEC title? Yeah, I was on the radio earlier today when kind of talking about it. And, you know, it's like for teams that of like a caliber of Michigan State or Duke or North Carolina, you know, an eight-man rotation uh, is more commonplace and not not a big deal. Uh, you see programs that are kind of front-loaded with talent, especially, you know, starting lineups. They don't really have to worry about a huge rotation. That's not really the case with Auburn this year um, where they've kind of relied – on you know a real rotation at the front court especially with foul trouble and sort of talent that they've just kind of at matchups um and so it, it's going to affect Auburn in a pretty big way I think down the stretch here um no word on who's going to start Bruce Pearl said he might even just leave it up to Horace Spencer to decide what he wants to do because I think the issue is is can Horace stay out of foul trouble um and maybe kind of coming off the bench and having some energy um, and not right out of the gate. Maybe he gets a few more minutes, and I think everybody kind of recognizes that. Um, but Chumo Kiki's going to get a lot more minutes because he's going to be playing both the four and the five. He didn't ha- he didn't sit down uh, today during practice with the reps. Um, you know he was doing he was alternating basically where other guys would sit. He'd play power forward, then he played center, power forward, center. So I think it's going to come down to him, and I think uh, Deshaun Murray's going to get a few more minutes. Um, and it'll be interesting to see kind of. I think that the biggest key will be if you guys if you get in the games with foul trouble, uh, you could see Cole Blackstock uh, have to suit, get off, get off the bench uh, before thirty seconds left on the clock, and that would be not great for Auburn. Well, what was Bruce's quote on that Monday? He said Cole would be happy, Cole's family would be happy, Alabama would be happy, and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think we'll be seeing Cole Blackstock unless there is foul trouble, like big time. But I mean, trouble. but but the problem is, is that that's been an issue. Uh, Horace Spencer is averaging six point five fouls per forty minutes. Uh, he cannot stay. He played thirteen minutes and had five fouls on Saturday. Um, is that good? That's not good. That's not good. Um, and he admitted he's just too aggressive, and he gets out of uh, place. You know, too physical, too aggressive. And that's not, you know, I know fans love that style, um, but uh, it gets them into trouble with referees. And the way a lot of officials are calling games this season, it's just too, they're, they're calling it so tight. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, I know it's not related to the position, but I see that from Malik Dunbar sometimes too. Uh, he, lets yeah. the emo- he lets emotions get the best of him, and uh, it costs his team sometimes uh, defensively. Uh, Spencer just... You know he'll he'll get two quick fouls and all of a sudden he's on the bench and Bruce Pearl's looking around like what do I, what do I got to do and as you said what he started the first four games of the year and it was obvious then that he had not gotten over his foul issues uh, for the previous season and uh, he had to sit on the bench and come off the bench and um, as you said Bruce is going to leave it up to Horace Spencer and I, I you know maybe it's me reading between the lines you were there but the way I read that is. It, it's going to be up to the way he feels like he's capable of playing and telling me, hey, coach, I feel like I can do this instead of, you know, uh, we're going to see how he produces in practice. Yeah, because I, I, I think they know what Horace is capable of. It's right. just a matter of where does he feel more comfortable with kind of being the most effective. And I, I think just uh, it makes sense to me to put Okiki in the start because he's been able to stay on the court for longer. He's in head foul trouble certain games. You know, as a freshman, he's going to make mistakes. But I don't know. I just think it it makes more sense. Uh, you know, Okiki's played, I think, at least 24 minutes, 25 minutes in three out of the last five games. So you kind of see his minutes go up. Um, uh, but we'll see. You know, it, and it doesn't really matter. It's really who plays in crunch time and – you know, key points in the game. It's just a you know, starter. Starter is just a distinction. You know, it's a, it's uh, and Taurus said he doesn't really care. Um, you know, whether he starts or not, he's going to get the same amount of minutes probably if he can get a, out of foul trouble. So, um, but I I, th- I think Okiki and we ha- I had this in a story today is kind of the key piece going forward to try to pick up some of the slack. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We 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 talk a lot about Anthony and, and obviously what happened to him. Uh, affecting Auburn, but Auburn did not shoot well at South Carolina, and their bread and butter shooting threes. They did not do that very well there either. I mean, if they hit a few more there, obviously they potentially win that game. If not, go up in the final five minutes, and then they're fighting off Carolina, trying to come back and fouling them. Uh, what do you credit that that cold shooting at Carolina to? Are, are they getting well, tired? Are I, they just getting good defense? Well, we didn't know that Bryce had a uh, bruised foot, and so I think that contributed. Um, he was not himself. I think it was three of sixteen and two of fourteen, two of thirteen from three point range. That's a terrible number. Um, and he's de- he's got the shoulder still a little bit, but he was just banged up and couldn't get in the rhythm. He didn't hit a three pointer until I think under around ten minutes left to go in the game. Um, just a bad night, an off night, um, and. Uh, South Carolina was doing some things defensively to kind of uh, frustrate them and prevent the guys from getting open at the perimeter. And then you, you kind of take away Anthony McAmore and, you know, the guys, you know, look, the he he did provide, he stretched the floor when he's on. I mean, there's a reason why he was so effective for them and, and helped them be a more effective team. So 
Um, it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out with this team offensively because they haven't played. They didn't play well against uh, Kentucky either offensively. Yeah, um, two games in a row where they had very slow starts. Um, uh, in fact, it kind of looked like the old Auburn at times uh, when Bruce Pearl came on board where they just couldn't do anything offensively. And I wonder, uh, I, I think the Kentucky game was more or less Kentucky because they were so long they were affecting shots. But then it kind of got in Auburn's head. They were getting open openings finally, and then they were missing those. Then they go on the road at Carolina. It's going to be interesting to watch Wednesday night how this team responds. One, knowing they're down Anthony. Two, they're going to have to count on Horace and Chuma to kind of fill those minutes. And then call upon guys, as you said, Deshaun Murray to kind of contribute a little bit more. Um, How they react. How's this team going to react knowing that – they can't lose games, really. They've got to. They've got to close this out to win an SEC championship. And they're, by the way, they're facing an Alabama team that's at full strength, and they've lost to Alabama already on the road, of course. But they lost to an Alabama team that did not have Colin Sexton on the floor. Dante Hall was, I believe, injured at the time with the wrist. Um, they're coming in healthier than they were in that game. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting Wednesday night. What, how do you see that game not necessarily developing? What What are the issues that Alabama could present, and what are some things that Auburn can maybe exploit against the Tide? Well, it's interesting. You know, they talked about how last time they had a game plan that they basically had to throw out because Sexton, you know, didn't play at the last second. This game, that you know, they'll go back to that. It'll be interesting to see because uh, Sexton kind of is such a dominant uh dominant on the ball how he affects everything else like you know those contributions from those other players they they might not get but he's going to probably be the most talented player on the floor and can they contain him especially with Bryce Brown um who you know would be part of that defensive rotation still not quite 100% um you know bruised foot how does he kind of cut and be able to defend and things like that um and Sexton's capable of blowing a team up um but Alabama's been inconsistent you know, the last couple of weeks, they have a big win, big loss, big win. Seems like they kind of rotate. Um, they're big, they're long, similar to kind of Kentucky, not as big across the whole starting five, but same kind of thing where Auburn struggles, and they struggled in that game uh, the first time. Uh, uh, Burst Pro calls them the best team defensively in the conference, and um, Auburn's, you know, we, like we said, struggling recently, and so they're going to have to have a better shooting night. Um, crowd will help with that a lot of teams have struggled at Auburn Arena this season so um it'll be interesting but you know it'll be interesting to see kind of is there any hangover from you know they got through the moment without Macklemore on Saturday but now with him out how does that change kind of the complexion of the team yeah exactly and and you mentioned Alabama's been up and it's been down uh mostly up here in the last uh, week and a half or so though I know they lost at Kentucky uh, rebounding was kind of the issue for them in that game. But um, Alabama kind of riding, uh, I hate to say, a wave uh, for, for the Tide uh, going into this game, even though they just lost to Kentucky. I wonder if they have any Kentucky Blues after that game, because that's kind of what I credited the slow start at South Carolina for. I thought Auburn put a lot of effort and time and their energy and their minds on that mm-hmm. Kentucky game. Um you could just tell after the game and the way they were handling it. Um, and I thought that affected them a little bit at South Carolina. I think a lot of things affected them. But I wonder how Alabama responds having to go 
on the road to Kentucky, and now they're going on the road again against their big rival. Two big back-to-back games against one, uh, a, a blue blood in the SEC of Kentucky, and then two, your rival, and oh, by the way, your rival is number one in the SEC, and Alabama is still mathematically in the SEC championship race. Um, a win by Auburn would pretty much, well, it would eliminate Alabama because uh, they would uh, have too many losses at that point, but Auburn would be one game away from winning an SEC title with the victory against the Crimson Tide. Tip-off Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a huge crowd, even though it's a late game. Uh, Of course, the Iron Bowl trophy will be returning to Auburn for the first time in uh, four years, so people want to show up for that, of course. And... uh, it has the makings of what could be a special night, but there are so many questions about this Auburn basketball team. But I'll say this. I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> we saw what happened at the start of the year when, you know, D'Angelo Purifoy and Austin Wilder were declared ineligible. Auburn opens up, the, I think, their exhibition the very next night, and they lose to Barry, you know. Mm-hmm. And everybody at that point's going, what's going to happen with this team? And then they just go on this run now. Now they're missing Anthony McLemore, who I would say is what? Maybe their third best player? Uh, probably fourth. But fourth, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just put, I mean, he's a big he's a big piece he's of He's a huge piece to yeah. it. He's something that, that they don't they didn't have. No one could replicate what he had in the front court. Um whereas these other guards that are ahead of him, they all can kind of do the same thing. Other than Jared Harper, he's they lose Jared Harper. I, I think the that's the heart of the team right there. Um, well, right now, if you lose anybody, it's down to seven players. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah, you're, you're down. I mean, that, yeah, I, I'm just saying. You know, I'm not downplaying Anthony McElmore. I think he's a great player, and as I've mentioned on this show, I, I think even after the Carolina game, he was third nationally in block percentage and minutes on the floor, which is just phenomenal. He changes the game, and he led the SEC in blocks. But if if that was Jared Harper instead of Anthony, I think this team would would wilt a little bit because he provides that toughness at the point it's guard position. A, he's he's yeah. dishing out about seven assists per game, and he can shoot the three. You miss that, uh, that that takes a lot out of you. I just think it's a numbers game where you have guys used to playing flame pits. Now you're gonna have to jump them up ten a game and. Rotations are going to be different, and, and just at this point in the season, especially with Bryce Brown not 100, percent I just think it's going to be a real struggle because I I don't think you, other than Arkansas, uh, you match up well without Macklemore on the floor to any of the remaining teams either. Um, you know, if they had a stretch where they were playing, you know, Georgia, uh, LSU or something, you know, to, yeah. Ole Miss, you know, you're talking oh, okay, we can get through this, but you know, look, they have a good. They have a really good shot at the SEC championship still, just because of the lead they have and the games remaining. But uh, they have a tough schedule. And then you kind of talk about kind of looking ahead a little bit draw wise. I mean, you could theoretically draw Texas A&M in that after the bye, and that's a you know that becomes a terrible matchup for Auburn. Uh, not that it was a good matchup to begin with, but um, some of these matchups in the SEC tournament you look at, and it, it's not going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Um... I think the focus now, though, is finishing what Auburn started because it would be, it'd be, it would be tough to lose the yeah. the, the championship without at this point yeah. leading the entire season, playing as well as they had, and then to watch it slip out of their hands in the final two weeks of the season. 
uh, that would be devastating uh, just for the psyche of the of the players and the fan base. And I think I would compare it uh, on, on a different level, but it's somewhat comparable to Auburn making that great run on the football field, beating Georgia and Alabama, and then going to the SEC title game and losing and not getting to the playoff, and then going to a New Year's Six game and losing. It's kind to, of a it's a gut punch, basically. Yeah, it's a big gut punch. I mean, to be in the race all season and be on top all year, and to watch one of your players go down in a horrific injury, uh, and a well loved player, not just on the team but by the fan base, and then the, if you watch this team and if somehow they came out and they just looked sluggish, they didn't look like themselves, they weren't playing well, and they didn't win this SEC title. Now it would be. It would just be devastating, I think, to a lot of people, not just the players, but also the fan base. They've well, got to win this SEC title. Look, it's a successful season, but in the right. moment, it's hard to spin that uh, to the players and to the team. I think yeah, more. It's tough. I think the fan base will have a, a no no problem believing that and kind of cheer this team on, but the team's going to have a real problem, I think, if they were. And really, you kind of look at it; they really only need to win one game, I think, to at least finish with a tie. So, you know, you talk about losing all the rest of your games, you're really – it's going to be tough. Well, that's if, if if Tennessee loses a game. I guess that's what you're counting on. Uh, yeah, I, th- I don't think – I think it's going to be hard for any team to kind of run Go these last kind of schedules. Yeah, um, nobody has – Tennessee probably has the easiest uh, of, the gr- of the four teams remaining. Um, but I think it's going to be tough for them to even – Finish perfect. Yeah, Tennessee is has the easiest road. The only team they play that is still contending for the SEC title is Florida, and Florida is melting down the stretch, and they host Florida, and it's this week, Wednesday, um, mm-hmm. or Tuesday. I can't remember which, but they host Florida too. So Tennessee's got the easiest road. Auburn. Yeah, then they go. They go uh, at to, at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State. The road games, but those teams aren't uh, great. And then finish with Georgia at home. So that's not a terrible schedule uh, for Tennessee. Right. Not a terrible schedule. Florida's got the toughest remaining, but I, I think a lot of people have counted Florida out for the last week or so. And then the second toughest really is probably Auburn. Uh, having to go on the road, one, hosting Alabama, two, right after a key injury, two, you have to go back-to-back road games to Florida and Arkansas. Um and uh-huh. Arkansas is coming on of late. They've won, what, four straight now? Um, uh, well, so, uh, it, it's a tough road ahead. Yeah, Arkansas uh, has won four straight. Yeah. Um, it's very tough. I think it's been was probably against Texas. They're, they get last game against Texas A&M. So. Yeah, and they, they were in control of that A&M game throughout. They were in control of the Carolina game throughout. Um, so it's going to be tough. I, I think the toughest game remaining on the schedule is – at Arkansas for Auburn, just because of the way they run, being in front of 20,000 people. Um, Daniel Gafford is really probably going to be able to exploit Auburn without Anthony McLemore in the front court. Uh, Florida, I think, could be a different story. I think Auburn's got a shot there. And, of course, Carolina at home. I think Auburn is going to beat Carolina at home. I just think it's going to happen. Um, the key game is – the key game to me is Alabama. You beat Alabama – I think Auburn's going to win the SEC. Um, they don't beat Alabama, and let's say they lose like by double digits at home to Alabama. It's just all hypothetical. I'd start wondering if this team's going to win the SEC title, which is a shame. But having said that, I, I'd, I still say Auburn's going to win the SEC. 
What about yeah. you? I think they'll have a share of it. I don't know if it'll be outright. Um, you know, you look at it. That what came, was it, I was looking at the schedules. Missouri that lost that one point lost LSU could come big because their schedule, other than Kentucky, they have a pretty favorable schedule too. Kind of look at it. What six teams in contention basically? One, two, three, four, five, six. Um, yeah, I think I think they're going to have to share a share of the title. To be honest, we will see. Um... Starting Wednesday night, Auburn against Alabama. Big game. And Auburn looking to get some revenge after losing to the tide on the road uh, earlier this season. Softball and baseball off to good starts, of course. Um, Baseball opened the season this past weekend with a series against Longwood. Uh, I don't know where Longwood is. Um, uh, I don't know how good Auburn's baseball team is. (laughs) Because they play Longwood, uh, we'll see. Um, softball, kind of the same way. Softball has got two dominant pitchers right now, and the bats are inconsistent. They've exploded for some big runs in a couple of games this year, but the bats have been kind of inconsistent. They haven't really p- played anybody tough yet, so jury's still out on that as well. But both teams have come out strong to start the season. Baseball just started up. Softball has been underway here for a while now. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to watch if those teams start playing some tougher competition. I just wonder about Auburn's offense uh, for softball. Baseball, uh, it's going to take a few more series before we get a better feel of actually what their bread and butter and what their identity is at this point. But they've, they've played, they played good all around uh, this past weekend for baseball. Softball, more the same. they they got to play someone tough before I get a – Strong opinion about them, I guess. Football will be back in two weeks. So, what's this? Uh, what's the ceremony involved? Did, does uh, does Auburn get to take the trophy and then like taunt Alabama or like throw eggs at them or something? Or uh, well, they they bring it in. It's a very nice trophy. Looks like a you know an old trophy. It doesn't you know it's nothing really. I want to not say something special about it, but it looks like something you would had in the old time days. It's not some contrived like Birmingham Bowl trophy where it's made of a piece of iron or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they bring it out on, on the court and they make the student president for the University of Alabama come out and sing the Auburn fight song uh, on a microphone. Is this, this, is, this is not a lie. This is true. This, this is, is what true. Happens? Okay. This, is, this is part of the tradition. Um, when, and they, can, they can't decline? Well... Uh, four years ago, uh, the Alabama student president did not make it down to Auburn Arena because of the quote-unquote weather. Because he was recruiting. <laughs> he pulled the Tony Barbie card, yeah. Um, he he could have come down because of weather, and uh, that, that, very, that was very upsetting to the fans. But now we're finally going to get to see it. Um, so Auburn had to do this four years in a row, and they successfully sure, started. and they do it. Yeah, yeah. They did it. I don't think they've skipped out once. Yeah, they didn't skip out. Okay. Um, but I, I, I kind of feel bad. Well, I don't know if I feel bad, but uh, I believe the student president for the University of Alabama recently had a DUI. No, um, I'd have to look at that. So I wonder. Someone should do a story on not necessarily on the kid getting a DUI. I mean, he's a kid. 
you don't need to be driving drunk anyway, kids. Kenny, Kenny had, does he have a vice president? That's, that's what I was thinking. Or like, it's, a, it's, or, you know, the uh, secretary of agriculture is like, it's like, the, <laughs> yeah. University of Alabama, Alabama, uh, SGA president arrested for DUI, January 21st, 2008. Um, that could get ugly. Jared Hunter is his name. So, yeah, and he has to face, he has to face, by the way, um, the student section when he sings it. So are the fo- any football players on the court? Or yeah, there's some this? football. Whoever whoever wants to show up, football-wise, shows up. Gus Malzahn showed up four years ago, gave a little speech to the crowd, saying he actually said this trophy's not leaving here for a while and actually left for four years. And well, what can you say, really, because they, they Alabama did win the title, so it's kind of an awkward thing this year, don't you think? Um, you can still rub it in their face. I mean, you still won the SEC West. They did not win the SEC West yeah, because but, you beat them. But anything you say, they'll be like, yeah, but we have this much better trophy we want sure. to title. I guess. But, but it's all about bragging careful, rights. Right? It's all about bragging rights. It's all about rubbing their nose in it. But you don't have bragging rights because you didn't win the championship. That's what I'm saying. So you see what the problem is for them? I, I, I see that, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not going to matter in that moment. <laughs> sure, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, the feedback online uh, is what will be lasting. I don't think... Oh, let, all right, hold on. Let's update this story. Uh, the Alabama student president resigned after the DUI. Oh, so it is going to be the vice president. Um, I would guess. Let's see. Or it could be nobody. In. Um. Oh, goodness. What if they made another, like, uh, uh, excuse and don't show up? Yeah, what if they're not appointed yet so that's technically not part of their duties? Uh, Executive Vice, this is back on January 22nd, Executive Vice President Casey Casey Nelson will take the presidential oath and assume the office of the president, quote, as soon as possible. I Uh, I love how they capitalize presidential oath and office of the president. Right, as if it's some sort of Some sort of thing. Um, so they could say that she didn't get to do that yet and then not show. That's what I would have done. Especially if you're her. Why would you want to take the job and have to go do that as your first official act? I don't know. Is it a female? Or him or her. I'm just saying, well, what would you wouldn't want that to be the first thing you do. Yeah, I don't know. And you'd have only, like, what, two weeks to learn the fight song, right? <laughs> not enough time. I'd, I'd be pulling anything out. You could, right? That'll look bad, though, if you... Don't show up the two times in four years. Yeah, Casey is a uh, a, a lady. And so, because why would Auburn fulfill their pact ever again if they didn't do it twice? I don't know. She needs to update her LinkedIn profile. She still says still says executive vice president. She's the president. Well, is it like the BCS where you don't claim the title if you? I don't know. Well, she's going to get booed. Um, if she shows up, if they don't show up, uh, they're going to have to consider just doing away with this tradition. Yeah. Cause that's so. just BS, but I, I'm sure they'll show up. If they don't show up, do they, do they ship the trophy FedEx? <laughs> no, they, they, I mean, they brought the, that, that's the other thing who brought the trophy down in, uh, 2014. Cause they, they brought it down. Even without right. the president being there, so do they have a guy that's just like sitting around, like a yeah, like, that's like, like it's like the Stanley Cup. Cup. There's always yeah. someone's always got it. They just rotate it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So that'll be a thing. 
Yeah, I don't know. Whoa, is this, is this breaking news true? That's crazy. Mississippi State fired its baseball coach? <laughs> he was there for a season what? and one series. What did, did they lose or was it a... Uh... Yeah, they lost to Southern Miss. They got swept at Southern Miss. That's to go situation off the field. It's got to be. The guy loves a lift. I know that. Lift like L-Y-F-T or lift weight? <laughs> no, he just loves taking cab rides. No, he likes, loves lift weights. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I'm a lift enthusiast. I just like to call a lift up and see where they'll take me. Uh, that's crazy. Um, I That's not good. Someone needs to do some uh, sleuthing on that. Anyway, um, but yeah. That that that'll be fun. You'll 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 enjoy the uh, halftime entertainment. But maybe I won't. Well, maybe there won't be anything. Well, it's because you're a huge Alabama fan. No, what I'm saying is like they might just bring the trophy out and say like, "Here you go." <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't. There's no guarantee that there's going to be people there. I don't think you could say that with the president resigning. It's at this, the president's office is uh, <laughs> wrapped up in scandal. Yeah. Um, they better show up. They'll show up, and Auburn fans will let them hear it. Um, and I want to try and get some video of it. I'm sure Gus Malzahn's speech will be just amazing. We got this trophy. It's good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Spring practice starting up. We gotta get ready for. It. I gotta go. Oh, oh! By the way, we canceled spring practice. <laughs> By the way, yeah. By the way, I don't want to get anybody injured, so uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of it for the podcast. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no, no, no. I think we kind of broke down how this trophy ceremony is going to go. I think we spent <laughs> about fifteen minutes about that. Did, did uh, did they do anything like that at Michigan State? I mean, if they, I'm sure they did, but it was. Did you just not? Tr- do you not pay attention to your alma mater? Oh, why uh, you do the trophy ceremony after the game? I don't understand why you wait for. There's no up. trophy ceremony after the game. They just go and steal the trophy off the other sideline, or they keep it on their sideline. But I'm saying, like, why do you wait till a basketball game four months later? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know why the trophy's not at the game either. Like that's I, what I'm saying. Like I, that there might yes, listen. They, and they that, did the stuff in the Big Ten. You know. Brown Jug, all those, all yeah. those. I mean, every team had three trophies, but it was always the axe. Everything was just after the game. You grabbed it, and you ran around, and you're like, "Yeehaw!" Another but reason why, why. Another reason why the Big Ten's overrated because everybody's got like three trophies, as you mentioned. There's a trophy for every game. Yeah, but you get them after the game. So, and yeah. four months later, and, and there's changed. trophies in the SEC that are like that too. I remember being at Arkansas, the boot between Arkansas and LSU. You know that fierce rivalry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. <laughs> they would run over and get the trophy. Was it always that way, or it was just? Well, they started it in 1993, I think. So, okay. <laughs> always for you know 20 years. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I find it interesting that it's never at, at the Iron Bowl. At least I've never seen it. Um, they must be worried somebody's going to steal it or something. But I don't, I don't know. know. But th- this kind of tells you just how much of a newbie I am. I'm probably saying all this, and there's like, Auburn fans screaming into their iPods and their phones and their cars right now going, the reason there's a 
duh, they don't have it there because of this. But because um, they're worried the know. eagle's going to take it. The eagle's going to snatch it. Um, elephant's going to step on it, and then he's going to forget. <laughs> um, it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. Um, I saw Black Panther Monday night. Yeah, he sent us tweets. It's pretty good. Have yeah. you seen it? Not yet. It's pretty good. Don't take the kids. I wasn't planning. On it. <laughs> it's 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 very serious subject matter. I think your kids would be probably bored. Um, Wasn't it like two and a half hours too? Yeah, it's like two hours fifteen minutes. But I mean, it's so good. It's just good. It's pro. I think it's probably the best Marvel movie because it didn't feel like a Marvel movie. And Better like, than Old Man Logan. Well, I can't. I get. I don't count that as a Marvel movie because it's Fox. Still with a Marvel character, it's a Marvel movie. I think I can say. I don't know if it's better than. Because <sighs> I would think that's the best Marvel movie. I don't. If you're counting a- every single Marvel movie, you know what I'm going to say. I think Black Panther is better than Logan. Mm, interesting. It's it's better developed. There's characters you care about. Logan's like the only character you actually care about in that movie. Oh no, that's that's harsh. Professor X. Yeah, but the the way he they did that, I didn't really like. Um, but this movie, uh, I mean, Michael B. Jordan's great. There's a great message in it about opening up your culture to others and sharing and whether you should do it or not. And, uh, family and legacy and dealing with the sins of your father and, uh, someone living a lie and having to deal with it later in life. It's it's pretty good, um, and all the actors are great. Yeah, um, I love. Uh, I mean, I've never read a Black Panther column or column, <laughs> my column, uh, Black Panther comic in my life. But uh, uh, his little sister is awesome, um, and so is his general. Mm. Uh, she's great, but the sister is awesome. She's like his little cue developing all these weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great. I, I think everybody needs to check it out. It's really good. Um, Does Winter Soldier in it? Um, spoil, spoiler? Spoilers? Spoilers? Like at the well, end, is it, end is credits. It, oh, that's funny. It's like he's a not, stinger at the end credits. Like, oh, he's he's here. He was here all along. Yeah. He was asleep while all this happened in Wakanda. <laughs> Um, no, there's like no other uh, appearances by other people in the Marvel universe other than Martin Freeman's uh, CIA yeah. guy and uh, uh, Ulysses Claw, played by Andy Serkis. Right. Um, and that was gr- that was good because it needed to be that way because the whole movie's about them being secluded from everything. Right. They did a very good job of it. I, I loved it. They did. They did some great callbacks. They they showed things from like the early '90s to now, and all this stuff that was really cool. I, I liked it. I thought they did a great job with it. Ryan Coogler, the director, man, he's something else. I mean, he, the way he shot some stuff and set up things, and he he would set things up, and then you would forget about them, and then they would flash back to it, and you're like, oh. You know, it's just good filmmaking. It's good stuff. Um, and not not really heavy on action scenes until the end. 
And even yeah. that, there's a lot of personal moments where there, there's a lot of, not a lot of, but there's talking and interaction and explanation of why these people are, you know, so mad at each other or, you know, bonding when they weren't bonding. And it's, it's interesting. It's good. It's good dynamics. Um, there is a little bit too much green screen. Yeah. But what can you do? It's Wakanda. They've got, you know. Probably expensive to shoot there this time of year. Yeah. Well, that and they've got like, you know, 100 story futuristic looking buildings. And, right. you know, trains made of vibranium that are going through these tubes and everything. So, and I'm acting like vibranium is a real thing. Right. Well, it is, of course. Yeah, of course it is. But yeah, great casting, great, great writing, great directing, great acting. Michael B. Jordan's awesome. Chadwick Boseman's awesome. It's pretty good. I'd say over the last 12 months, the best comic book movies are in order. Wonder Woman, Black Panther, Logan. Hmm. And then Thor Ragnarok after that. Thor was pretty good. Yeah, but it's a lot of these Marvel movies don't have like characters you really get invested in during the film, and like you want to see survive or die or get their uh, get what's coming to them. Black Panther's got that. It's got all that. I don't know. Jeff Goldblum made a pretty good impression. (laughs) Well, yeah, but he was funny. Um, That that was it. I mean, he didn't have, like, well, Jeff Goldblum's, you know, mother was actually Thor's babysitter. Uh, you know, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that would have been a surprise. That would have. Well, life finds a way. Yeah, that's right. They showed that trailer for See Jurassic World before Black Panther, and I don't think anybody in the crowd cared. No. That, th- that thing looks like trash. Mm. Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom or whatever they're calling it. Jurassic World, we lost our keys. That's what they need to call it. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be very good. No. I mean, why remake the Lost World? It's just like they're taking the the first trilogy and just remaking each film. I really like Jurassic Park 3, so maybe that'll be a good one when it comes out next. How many people in America like Jurassic Park 3? You. I think a lot. Sam Neill. <laughs> Sam Neill is good. That movie was. That movie felt like I was watching a watered down version of Jurassic Park. You know? It was good. It was good. I'll defend it. It was good. Yeah. Someone was asking me on Twitter, like, well, what about Justice League? What do you think of Justice League? I said it was the most expensive television film ever made mm. I, I sadly bought it this week I, I can't quit it it's like a drug yeah. I don't That's know I don't know why I did it I just kept thinking maybe if I buy it it'll be better and it wasn't it was worse so you're part of the problem <laughs> I'm part of the problem um, but I had to see Ben Affleck's last uh, performance as Batman yeah. Um it's just a poorly put together movie. And it looks so cheap. For something they spent three hundred million dollars on, it lo- it looks like a TV movie. 
Yeah, and I don't know if they do, if they, uh... Did you ever see it? No, but if... It looks if like a TV hate, movie. If they hated it so much, I don't understand. I mean, and you spent that much money, and you spent, like, you know, so much money on reshoots. Why not just trash the movie and start over? If you knew Release you had dates, a, stockholders. I guess, but... It was so bad. I mean, it was... It was... The thing is, like, when you first watch it, you go... Eh, it was passable, but I'm going to forget it in a week. At least it wasn't like BVS or whatever. You're just like, God, that was just overlong and pretentious and stupid. This was just like, eh, I had a couple of fun spots in there, but I'll forget about it. Um, Then you watch it again, you're like, God, man, this thing looks cheap. I, something about seeing it on a big screen, like it, it, it kind of... Uh, somehow, like, your eyes gaze over... But when you watch it at, like at home, you see like just how bad it looks. It, it's a poorly made film from well, all aspects, but it's poorly it's poorly shot. I don't know what they did with the color grading. I, I'm guessing Joss Whedon came in and was told to like lighten it up or do something, and it was obvious the way Zack Snyder shoots things. You just can't do that because of the costume design and everything. And he comes in and does it, and like Superman's suit is as such that when he lightens it up and does everything, you can see, like, the foam underneath the costume. And it's really bright and white underneath the suit. It looks like a television... looks like a Halloween costume. It's bad. It's just bad. Anyway, who cares? Um, <laughs> go see Black Panther. Go put your money into actual, like, storytelling and fil- film-making that's original within, I mean, this is the 18th Marvel movie. And I felt like I saw something for the first time. Mm. That's how good it is. It does things that hasn't been done yet. And that's difficult to do. And yet we've seen that all within the last calendar year with Logan. That was a different thing. Wonder woman was a different thing. And now black Panther. So it's good. And then they'll go blow everything up with the Avengers movie, and everybody will say it was great, but it wasn't really. And uh, kids will buy all the toys, and <laughs> I won't care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> all right. That's it for the Auburn Undercover podcast. If you're still listening. Auburn has a 96.9% chance of winning the SEC, according to ESPN Basketball Power Index. But is that just a, a tie, at least a tie, not outright? Uh, it, it doesn't line out that criteria. Mm-hmm. It just says that's a chance of winning. It Come dropped on. from yeah. 97.2 the other day. Now it's down to 96.9. So it dropped 0.3% even without Auburn playing a game. Hmm. Um, and I haven't checked it tonight, so maybe it's up again or maybe it's down again. I, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe um, they didn't like what Bruce Pearl said at the tip-off club. <laughs> we don't know. Drop that down 0.3%. So Auburn's got a uh, rot, fresh Rotten Tomato rating of 96.9% um, to win the SEC title. So Not bad. Not bad. Okay. Thanks for listening. Not as good as Paddington 2, but not bad. <laughs> it's as good. Well, it's actually right below Black Panther. Black Panther is like 97%. There you go. So It's definitely better than Justice League, which was like 
40 percent yes um okay thanks everybody we'll uh see you later auburn alabama wednesday night it's gonna be a fun one